Welcome to another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. We're brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission and TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. If you're looking to run a marathon, do a fondo, or tackle a triathlon, we can help. We offer in-person consultations, personalized training programs, and regular progress assessments to make sure you're on track to achieving your goals. That's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Check the link at the bottom of this page. On FitSpeak today, you've probably heard about the Ironman Triathlon. It's a race that has over 3 miles of swimming, 112 miles of biking, and then a full marathon. Yeah, 26 miles of running. That, of course, is a tough job. And when you add to it over 7,000 feet of climbing on the bike, you wind up with one of the most challenging Ironman courses in the world. And when you add to that 37 degree heat, you get the recipe for one hell of a hard day. And that's the kind of day this athlete's had at Ironman Canada in Whistler. It was a day when almost one in five athletes didn't finish the race, and even the speediest of pros like race winner Brent McMahon were over 30 minutes slower than their usual times. But our next guest is a person who rose to the occasion. She had a great swim, a smart bike ride, and a tough-as-nails run, an effort that qualified her for the World Championships in Hawaii. She also won her age group and was the second-fastest female overall. Let's meet FTC elite athlete Megan Falkenberry. And welcome everybody to another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines, and we're coming to you tonight on a Monday night. It is Monday, the 13th of August. A couple of weeks back, we had the traditional biggest race in all of Western Canada. It was another running of the Ironman Canada Triathlon held in Whistler. And on a day where so many people were struggling with the heat, including the pros, there was one person at least from Nine Mile Falls just outside of Spokane in Washington State who had a pretty good day out there. Her name is Megan Falkenberry and she's joining us on the phone line tonight. Welcome to FitSpeak, Megan. Hey, thank you. And now that we are actually recording, uh, maybe tell us a little bit about your sporting background before you, say, discovered the sport of triathlon. So I started... um my childhood playing soccer and did that up in through high school uh when i went off to college i put that aside and started running just as a way to keep fit and keep my stress level down uh i like a lot of people who don't pay attention to strength um benefits i became injured and started swimming and biking to compensate for what I was missing when I was running. So I would say over the last 10 years, I've just really tried to work on all three sports and now I've done a better job of incorporating strength as well and um, enjoying the sport of triathlon. So another person who's been hooked on the uh, therapeutic uh, benefits of the sport of triathlon, Megan, in addition to uh, doing the swimming, biking, and running, um, take us back. Can you remember your first race? I, I do. It was a sprint triathlon in my sophomore year of college. And where I was college for you? I'm sorry? Uh, uh, where was college for you, Megan? Oh, I applauded. University of Idaho 
in Moscow, Idaho. Okay, not too far from home then. And your first race, so you did that in your sophomore year. Yes, it was just a local sprint triathlon down there, and uh, the swim was held the night before in a nice pool, and then the following day we were seated uh, based on our swim time to bike and run. And I was reading in your blog spot there that you're not necessarily the the most natural swimmer, but you got through the first one in that sprint triathlon, not too badly. Tell us about the first time you actually had to swim with the fishes and the crowds of people in a in a triathlon. Uh, sure, it was uh, downstream, <laughs> so I really eased my way into this whole swim thing with triathlon. And again, it was it was a little longer an Olympic distance, but I don't think it was the standard Olympic. Uh, distant swim uh, but I remember looking down and being able to see the bottom and it was pretty shallow and of course the current just kind of pulled me over to uh, the transition area so relatively easy to start. So you've been doing some pretty incredible things you've been in the sport of triathlon now for about 10 years could you tell us what at least in your opinion your first really big performance was? I remember making my first uh, 70.3 distance a, a bigger deal, although my first attempt was uh, the Boise 70.3 in 2012 that was cut short uh, because of the cold, so I decided to do uh, Lake Stevens, I think that was held in July, later that summer, uh, so I guess that was my first big deal, and then I caught, I mean, just kept rolling with it, tried my first full Ironman in Coeur d'Alene in 2013, and I, I guess to be honest, that probably was my my biggest race. How well did you do in that one, Megan? Oh, I don't know. I I uh, think I finished sixth in my age group, but my my overall time was 11 hours. 10 minutes or something. So a great sign of things to come. I mean, doing super well in your age group and um, having the motivation to stick through that on a pretty tough day on a on a fairly tough course. Uh, of course, they don't have the Coeur d'Alene race anymore uh, as far as the Ironman distance, but uh, you certainly made your mark there. When it comes to the 70.3 series, you were uh, fortunate and hardworking enough um, to go to the World Championships. Tell us about a few of those experiences, Megan. I've really enjoyed actually traveling to some of the areas that they've held these races. Uh, the first two years I did it, it was down in Las Vegas, and then it was kind of nice to move to a new location. I went over to Mont Tremblant and enjoyed a different side of Canada that I'm used to. Uh, and then from there, I've, uh, we enjoyed Australia um, in 2016, and even you know Chattanooga, Tennessee last year was pretty amazing. I thought they really catered to us athletes very well. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, so we make we make them racecations, and it truly has been a way to enjoy different areas around the world. What do you generally do to treat yourself after the race on those uh, racecations? <laughs> oh, good question. I think we've kind of made it a habit to go on a hike after some of these races. I mean, we don't feel as bad as uh, I do after an Ironman. 
But when I have the opportunity to be outside and to explore with my husband something new, we we go and hike either a small mountain or just get out in the woods and, and explore some new area. This is the year that uh, I read on your blog that you're going to get fairly serious with the Ironman distance. And I'm just wondering, the Ironman Canada race has been changed to a, a three-loop course with a lot of climbing. So we didn't know that it was going to be as hot as it was, but we knew that the course profile was going to be pretty darn difficult. Now, considering you could have chosen uh, a number of Ironman races, what made you choose the, the tougher course at Whistler, Megan? I love Whistler. So even despite the challenging course that I knew it would present, it it's an epic race for me. I know Ironman is easy by any means. You you kind of race to the course. Oh, no, I was going to say that some people say Arizona is kind of easy. <laughs> oh, well, I don't want to be the one to say anything is mm. easy. <laughs> you know, because even on a flat course, yeah. you're, you're held, if you watch your wattage, you're held to a certain effort. Yeah. So you push yourself to that effort. I just, I love to climb, and I love the scenery in Whistler. I love the fact that I might encounter a bear on the side of the road or or, or have it crossed in front of me. I just love looking up when I'm really hurting and wanting to be done and seeing this beautiful mountain or this lake. It's just gorgeous. So I chose Whistler. I'd been up there to do the full in 2014, and that probably was my most enjoyable Ironman compared to the one I did in Coeur d'Alene for my first and I it just kind of drew me back. One of your goals this year I believe was to qualify for the Ironman World Championships in Kona, Hawaii and uh, we'll get into the specific details of your day there in just a bit but how for this year did you change your training in order to give that your very best shot? I think I just had the uh, opportunity to use experience over time and just being more consistent this past winter and spring. I've been plagued with injury for, uh, oh, I don't know, a good solid three or four years and have really just tried to emphasize being stronger. And so I think that helped me uh, just to focus more heavily on better training, more consistent training. And ultimately, I think it did pay off. And you've also said you've improved as a swimmer. How did you manage to specifically do that? (laughs) Well, thanks to my coach. He, of course, assigned all the workouts. And, you know, I grew to be accustomed to seeing five swims uh, on my week to get after and they all ranged from an hour to an hour and a half and I was swimming anywhere from gosh I think there was one point this past winter where 4,000 yards was the minimum and it was upwards to five or six thousand yards at a a time and so I I guess I would attribute the, the time spent in the pool being consistent but also just working heavily on my timing timing of kick to stroke and my coach really helped me with that and with that amount of swimming Megan that must take a bit of a toll on your body so it sounds like you must be doing a pretty good job taking care of yourself you do have a fairly physically demanding job as well don't you I do spend a lot of time on my feet yes mm-hmm. uh, 
physical therapy and a skilled nursing facility definitely keeps you on your toes. And when you're the one getting people to move but making sure they don't fall in the process, it can be a little bit stressful at times. But overall, yeah, it, it, it keeps me moving. <laughs> Some say that uh, they wonder how I do that in training, but I'm a very fast-moving person, so mm -hmm. my work allows me to slow down and be patient <laughs> and move a little bit uh, differently with my, my patients. So let's go back to that day a couple of weeks ago, the Ironman Canada. High expectations. You invested a lot of time, energy, uh, hired a coach, and the results were quite good. Take us through that day, Megan. The whole day, huh? <laughs> you know, it'd been four years since I'd done an Ironman, so I will admit I felt nervous. Uh, I also remember, you know, back four years ago, kind of some of those feels, and they crop back up again, but I also knew going in that I had more experience, I was more fit, so I started out the day, uh, typical, well, I guess I, I wouldn't know I'm not a local, but from all my experience being up in Whistler, Alta Lake is just always so calm and beautiful that morning. And this morning was no different. So we started out on that swim, and I just went in knowing I needed to pace myself, but this was also the first leg. So I worked to try and find uh, some other swimmer to draft off of, and I was fortunate enough to keep with the same guy for the two loops of the swim. And I, I remember seeing the yellow stripes on his wetsuit. And it was actually very reaffirming to see <laughs> those stripes as I went through the swim. It kind of made me feel like I was on pace and yeah. we were still moving forward. We were still on the right track. and Not swimming so off course. Was, yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yep. made it through the two loops and got out onto the bike. And like you say, it's three loops this year. So... I was, I mean, getting out of transition. You want to, you want to go right away, but I just tried to hold myself back and tell myself that this first loop was just getting acquainted with the course, and then get back over to Rainbow Park and you start your second loop. And this loop's all about just uh, keeping on the pace. And uh, it was, it was just weird to go through the course three times because you see the same thing, <laughs> but it's just slightly different. So in the early morning, it looks one way, and by the third lap, the sun's different. You have It just looks different, and I'd never really experienced that in a race before. Um, but I do feel, you know, looking back, I paced myself relatively well on the bike. I think looking back, too, though, I probably needed a little more nutrition on board for the run. But I uh, got out on the run. It was kind of hot. <laughs> Kind, kind of hot, hot yes, sure. that's what we heard. <laughs> yeah, I was, but you know, that I think my uh, Garmin told me when I got off the bike, it was uh, maybe 90 degrees. I thought, well, here we go. So I get out on the run, and that run, boy, the first in the first two miles, you have some some good good hills to climb, and that's tough on tired legs. Right off the so bat, I you're working. Yeah. I did. I went out a little hot. So that tamed me down pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, you start on kind of a paved trail, and then it turns into gravel, which I thought would be kind of pleasant. But at this point in time of the day, there was a lot of dust uh, and a lot of foot traffic. So, you know, you just you kind of roll with it because you have to. Yeah, by the time I got out to Green Lake, um, even in the first lap, 
my my head was not quite where I wanted it to be. I was a little bit fatigued, and especially to think I'd have to come all the way back out here again. And so do a repeat I, performance the second time, hopefully <laughs> at least as fast as your first lap if you, if you can manage uh, it. it. It was everything I could do to hold on. And I, I tried. I ultimately lost my first position to the... Uh, who was then the second place woman. You were, I, because um, you were leading, you were the lead female up until, what was it, the last, like, mile 24? It's tough. You don't know. I My husband tried to give me some feedback based on the tracker, but even that I don't think was working. And while I could see her when I when I went back and forth, um, it's just, I, I didn't know. And to be honest with you, I was so shot, I'm not sure I could have done anything anyway. Yeah, she looked so strong out there, and um, she deserved it for sure. But uh, yeah, by by the time I'm, I think you're right, mile twenty four. I gosh, coming back up to the hot corner, and then you have that last little bit. I don't. I think it's maybe even not even a mile left to go. You turn off onto the gravel, and it's a slight uphill. And you're just thinking, gosh, it's just one more nail in the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, so turned the corner and finally saw the red carpet. And it's just, uh, at that point, I didn't know I'd lost first position. I, I mean, the lead bike was still following behind me. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of thought, you know, this is exactly how I dreamed and hoped this day would go. And I felt very fortunate to have found myself in that position. You know, and even in the end, I'll, I'll take the Kona qualification and age group win for sure. It was just... Um, it was a good good learning day for me. Absolutely, and to be the second over female winner is uh, certainly something to be proud of in addition to your win. Um, in which age group are you competing, Megan? The 30 to 34 age group. And you're off to Kona, and that's coming up, of course, in the middle of October. So based on your experiences in the heat in Whistler and knowing that uh, – Kona's obviously going to be a pretty hot place to perform in. Are you doing any heat-specific training out there in the smoke? <laughs> oh, yes. I, I'm one to want to get my training done first thing in the morning. And and now my I've, I'm going to have to shift to moving things back a few hours and then taking advantage of some of the heat. Uh, yeah, so that'll be, that'll be a challenge in and of itself, but a necessary one for sure. Well, that should be certainly a memorable day, and uh, your first, uh, your first uh, crack rather at Kona, correct? Yes, yeah, I, I would say you know my first, my first Ironman was just kind of to, to figure it out. My second one, I think I do remember thinking, oh, that'd be cool if I could qualify, and but yeah, I think this was my probably my first major effort. So, of the three sports, which one of them uh, do you have the greatest passion for? It always seems to change based on how I'm feeling. Yeah, that's but healthy. I would, yeah, you know, I right now I I'm loving swimming, and I I guess maybe it's just because I've seen the most improvement over this past year. But I would say I love the bike too, exploring new places and training for an Ironman really gives you the opportunity to spend more time on your bike and explore different places (laughs) so Mm -hmm. so i do enjoy that the run is just i love to run but by the time you get there in a triathlon you just feel so terrible Mm -hmm. and um it's more mental for sure it's just a different mindset as much as i love 
running, I would say my passion, probably number one, the bike, and number two, the swim. Okay, let's uh, talk about that bike for just a second. So obviously training for uh, Ironman, you're out there for a long training ride. Let's put you at the end of a pretty successful five-hour ride. You're coming home. It's about four o'clock in the afternoon. You've kind of had enough of all your sports, nutrition, beverages. You get to your house. What's going to be the beverage of your choice? I love making a smoothie, and generally I use some of F2C's Rehab 3 to 1, and I put in some ice with that Rehab and a frozen banana, a little bit of water, or if I'm feeling uh, like I need a little bit extra, I'll put in some coconut milk. Okay. But, oh gosh, I got... Yeah, you start thinking about that with an hour left of your bike ride. <laughs> yeah, we certainly do. <laughs> so a, yeah. a nice healthy smoothie to, to cap off a nice uh, long bike ride to get you ready. So our last question for you, Megan. I'm not sure if you've heard any of our podcasts before, which means if you have, you're prepared for it. But if you're not, this should be a lot of fun. So if you could be <laughs> an animal an animal other than a human being, what animal would you be? Tell us why. I would be a, a dog, but not just any dog. Not just any I, dog. Not just any dog. I have, I have two, two dogs of my own who are phenomenal runners. And I often bring them on my run simply because watching them just motivates me to keep running. They... They enjoy it so much, and to be able to run as well as they do and just enjoy how they feel outside in the woods and the cool air, it just, I channel that. So I would say I would be a felt athletic dog, be it a coonhound or <laughs> I have a vishla actually. So any sporting breed yeah. type of dog, that, that would be me. Well, thank you so much for your time. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And best of luck in your preparation for Kona. And uh, we expect some uh, some satisfying results for you when you uh, take your trip to the Big Island there in October. Uh, well, I appreciate that optimism. I will, I will work to channel that. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Megan. Bye for now. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. That's F2C elite athlete Megan Falkenberry the second female overall at this year's Ironman Canada Triathlon held in Whistler. Fitspeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycle in Mission and TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With a low client-to-coach ratio, we can offer you the time and attention the big guys can't. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Check our link at the bottom of the page to take your first step to the finish line. Join us next time on Fitspeak when we'll be heading off to Penticton to speak with 2018 Ultra 520 Triathlon Champion Dave Matheson. Dave will tell us how a former weightlifter morphed into the ultimate ultra athlete. For Kevin Watt and Zach Neufeld, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.